With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. in the rest of North America and perhaps the world. This is That's the Wrap, where we listen to what happens after a Raptors game and we talk about it. So I'm Andreas and with me I've got the two Jays. What up, what up? Hey, how's it going? I'm, uh, I'm Jay Rosales. I'm and over to you, Jason. Jason Leon. You can call me J2 or 1 or 3. I don't, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> so what the hell just happened, guys? Uh, Kawhi, indeed. Kawhi, indeed. Um, officially, and this is not a speculation. Kawhi Leonard is now Toronto Raptor. What do y'all think? Of that? Doesn't that feel? Doesn't that just feel good to say though? Like it, it does. does. Like, just say it and then just let it like soak in just I mean, for a bit. You know what? It is. What, when did this happen? I think it. It. I saw the actual rumors. Rumors around. I get into work around seven in the morning, and then no, eight in the morning. I was looking at my emails and I was looking at my tweets and I was like, no, this isn't happening. And then throughout the day, it was like, no, 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 this is happening. This is happening, guys. And then finally, it the the Woj bomb, like it's official, came in around what, 11 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. I can't even that that was like almost 10 hours ago. And I can't I can't it still can't commute with me right now. It's a little strange. I love Damar, and I think all of Toronto loves Damar, but I think it's going to take some time to to realize how much of a business this is. There is no loyalty in this game, and it's a hard, hard truth, and I think it's going to take a lot of time for the diehard fans to get over the fact that, you know what, Kawhi, when healthy, is a dope-ass player, and Damar really kind of just had a ceiling, and he showed it to us, even though he got better every single year. But this one hurts, man. Yeah, I I had my uh, the second that the rumors started, and, and I know we're going to touch upon this a little bit more uh, in a bit. But I, I'll say this: my first reaction came around four thirty this morning um, when the first alert came on, uh, and you know we are all on. I know I'm not alone in saying that I was on high alert. Uh, you know, stemming from what's been going on in the days leading up to this very moment. So once 4.30 came around and that, that first uh, sham bomb came through saying, you know, it's happening, that, that's it. Like, sleep for me was a wrap. Like, that's, <laughs> that's it. I was I decided that very second, okay, well, I, I guess I'm up now because now I want to know, you know what, who else is involved. Uh, it's kind of like pushing that and, instant and refresh button. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah that, that refresh was on high usage uh but yeah my immediate reaction was oh my gosh like this is real like it's it's the same feeling that we are all expressing right this very second but yeah that that immediate reaction was holy crap like a guy of this caliber never had we've never had anyone ever top five like even if you think about peak bosh peak carter no, not even remotely close. So mm-hmm. um, that's where I was at, and I gotta say, like that—that's that was more adrenaline than any coffee I could have had. So that was me. That was me at four thirty this morning, and I haven't, uh, you know, really fallen off of that high since. That's what. What about you, Andreas? Like, what was it like when you got like? Please tell me you got it at four thirty too. I I woke up at like seven, and I checked my phone, and. I saw some messages. Actually, Jason, yours was one of the first ones because you saw it pretty early as well. And, Mm. um, you know, we'll go into this week-long rumor battle of if, if not with Kawhi because that's been going on for a while. So that speculation's been circulating. But seeing some messages where it's like, 
Matt DeRozan, we're going to miss you. That's when I dropped everything. Like you, I dropped everything. And I said, oh, yeah. shit, what just happened? And yeah. I went to... Uh, I went to Google. I asked my assistant. I was like, "Okay, Google, tell me some shit about Toronto." <laughs> and uh, that—that's when this happened. And my first immediate thought, as you said, we have never had such a talented player in Raptors history. And I'm excluding Hakeem the Dream Elijah one because that was not in his prime, <laughs> and he did not want to be there. Alonzo Mourning was like mourning his Toronto invitation ever since he got here, never even played. So that mm-hmm. kind of stuff does not count. But even Carter, at his peak, as you said, is not Kawhi Leonard, who's one or two points away from being LeBron James. And that's crazy. That's crazy to think that we have that in Toronto. But once I got to really looking at the logistics, which we'll go into, and really kind of dialing it back and not being – because I don't know if, if Jason, if you remember this, but back when we used to play basketball when we were like teenagers and teenagers, uh, the Spurs used to be my all-time favorite team when I was younger. Like I loved the, the Duncan era, the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. championship and then when what Parker came in and Ginobili came in um, obviously the, the the dynamic threesome if you want to call them that uh, so I understand the Spurs have always been like a textbook team and this is going to hit them hard and with Toronto this is going to hit them hard as well because they're they've also got like the loyal fan base and everything which we'll go into so uh, with that in mind I think we've got some stuff to talk about so um, does this make either of Toronto or San Antonio as uh, on a rebuild? Yes. Both of them? I think for both. I think for really? both, absolutely. Um, with Kawhi, if he shows up and he stays, no. Uh, but the two other alternatives were if he shows up and then leaves or doesn't show up at all, uh, Toronto's basically going to do what they were going to do anyways if they kept exactly. the Rosen, gunned it to the, to the playoffs again, got creamed by Boston this time, they mm-hmm. were going to be on rebuild, rebuild mode anyways. And that's that's what Masai's basically been trying to do from years ago, I'm thinking. Yeah. So. But we'll go and into also, that. I mean, following following that scenario too, you, you, yep. you've got a scenario where a year from now, we're sitting in these very same seats with the same guys, but now, you know, it's quite possible that uh, DeRozan's val- trade value is not, not as high. So I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts to this, uh, and reasons why this trade had to be done now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, sticking with 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 our immediate reactions, I feel like there was uh, there were two parts to this. The first was the initial reaction of oh my gosh, this trade's happening. Mm-hmm. But then there was this like, I mean, for you guys, it was about a three to four hour wait. For me, it was like eight hours, a wait <laughs> of like. Okay, who else, right? Because then it's like, right. okay, yeah, we got Kawhi, but now it's like, whoa, wait a second, let me, let me calm down a second. Yeah, what's what's the real price? What that are we, we have to pay? What are we losing here, right? Because, you know, it's been it's been said, you know, for the last couple of weeks that the asking price from the Spurs has been very high, right? They wanted uh, an All Star caliber player, they wanted uh, a young prospect or two, they wanted draft picks. I mean, that's a that's a big ask, right? And if you think about what philly was offering what boston was offering what la was offering um in terms of Fultz and 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 the ask of ingram and Hart. i mean there was a lot asking there so it was very easy to 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 say crap i think we've lost og i think we've lost yak maybe we've lost uh a right so yeah there was there was also that second reaction at around uh, actually i think what happened around nine o'clock where it was like oh oh crap we only lost Pirtle? Like, we only lost a top 20 protected first-round pick? Are you kidding me? Then there was, like, this second yeah. jolt of energy that happened, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to guess it. the same was for you guys. Yeah, and, and see, the thing is, it, this this kind of stems from the rumors that were going on the this, like, entire week, two weeks almost, uh, when it first released that, you know, it was a possibility that Toronto could be a potential trade. When we heard that, automatically we're thought, okay, it's going to be either our top two, Kyle or DeMar. But then because of the asking price from Boston and LA and Philly, our assets are going to be extremely high. So like you said, OG and Siakam. So like the fact that all of these rumors were circling around for these, for these two weeks, the fact that 
I mean, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Pirtle's a dope player. He's really good, and he's shown for his, I believe, two years now, right? Um, he's shown yeah. like he has some really great potential. He has good hands, and he's really he finishes uh, underneath very, very well. He can even sometimes shoot that mid range. Basically, the ceiling is really high for him. But the fact that we only gave him up and a protected uh, first round pick, the first if we if one to twenty first round pick, yeah, like. That deal is Bargnani level deal, don't you think? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fleecing. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a that's a phrase we can use from now on for every kind of deal <laughs> of that nature. It's a Bargnani, which it's I do. <laughs> I uh, I hate to admit this uh, on the very first episode. Unfortunately, I share a name with the guy. Uh, you know, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. Yeah, I mean the damage. <laughs> exactly i'm so sorry i i've betrayed uh toronto and all of you but um uh, no i i what and i just want to bring up another point what about getting green i know when, I know. when he when he's off he hits bricks but like when he's on he's on i think i think in terms of the lower end of the deal like the not the main assets of the deal i think we definitely won yeah like, yeah i agree think? I mean, we we've got a team now that uh, uh, I mean, we we the foundation started last year, right? It's uh, let's let's open up with more passing, let's go with more threes. Uh, we've got guys like Delon and OG who are perfect for today's NBA. They're long, they're very you know they switch exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're they're very versatile in offense, and yet they they are the the types that you can switch it up on D. And here we are with you know someone who i'm not gonna say is a throw-in but heck man we got we got a three and another three and d score out of this right i mean yep. that's a great addition to 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 what we were already like i i'm pretty sure raptors fans would have been happy if it was uh you know Kawhi on its own but uh you know reading through a couple of the articles leading up to the actual final deals i mean names that were being thrown around were were patty mills maybe Paul gasol um, you know, it was more of a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a pipe dream that it was going to be Danny Green, but it was more of a best case scenario would be, yeah, Kawhi and Danny Green, but we'd be giving up a whole lot more to get those two. So the fact that we were able to pick up Danny Green and still only give up Pirtle uh, was, yeah, out of this world amazing. I mean, absolutely. And speaking of hypothetical situations, I mean, since Kawhi's been out with his, his injury and wanting to stay out with his injury and that's when the Spurs fans kind of started to get anxious like okay what's all this about there's been swirlings about that he's going to be joining the Los Angeles Lakers which ultimately that spot got filled up by well the one and only LeBron James but Uh what do you think that did to this kind of scenario where it's like you know Kawhi's road has been blocked so I like how how much do you think that affected it, or do you think that actually wouldn't have affected it at all because the Lakers perhaps never even were even going to consider Kawhi? Like, what do you guys think? I think, um, I don't know. I still think the possibility of going to the Lakers is huge, and that's why there could be something there that Masai took that chance on Kawhi because mm-hmm. I know that we're the only if we, by taking on his contract we're. The ones that are is able to give him max max is that right? We do have his bird rights by getting him, so we can't offer more than any other team. Uh, he did sacrifice a lot already to get here. I think he lost something like uh, thirty mil, close to thirty million um, by not signing the supermax with the Spurs. So coming over here, the most that we can offer is still thirty million less than what the Spurs were able to offer, but. Uh, because we have his bird rights, we're able to offer, I believe it's an extra year and as much as 49-ish million than any other team at the end of the season. So, I mean, we have the advantage in that in that, in that uh, aspect in terms of what we can offer after this. I just think that there has to be more to this than just that trade because how public it was for Kawhi wanting to be a Lakers fan or a, a Lakers player – the fact that we took him, I think we're taking advantage of that as well. So if all goes to plan, Kawhi signs with us for another five years. Awesome. And he plays really well. We get uh, over the 60 win hump. We go to the finals. Who knows? But if things go astray, then we can either um, 
we can either package deal him or we can trade him in the deadline to back to the Lakers and get assets from the Lakers too. So I mean that I feel like the him uh, wearing the gold, you know, gold and purple isn't a pipe dream. I think it's still a reality to him too. Which and is that, why it's and, scary for a Raptors fan. <laughs> no, but th- but there there's another side to this, right? If we um if we know that the the end goal is that he wants to be with the Lakers, the other thing you can look at this as is uh, and, and we we kind of touched on this earlier about him coming back from injury. Is you know there are some there were some more rumors swirling around that yeah he doesn't want to come here he doesn't want to play here. But guess what? This is also his contract year, right? So if you don't play, guess what? You're not getting paid. And if you're not getting paid, guess what? You're probably not going to end up on the Lakers because Lakers don't want someone who whines and bitches and doesn't want to play for a team, especially one who just wasted. A second year of his prime, so I, it, there, I there's a way in which you can use that to your advantage if you're if you're looking at this as a Raptors fan. I'm not saying uh, that I'm not saying that this guarantees he's going to stay with us. I'm not saying this guarantees he's going to leave either. I'm just saying that he's got to show up. He's he's still he's still got to he's got to prove himself. I just I see, but that's the thing. I I don't think I honestly as like I'm not I, I'm a Raptor diehard, but as a Laker, I just even if he sits out a whole year, I don't think the Lakers care. I think Kawhi is too good, even after two years' absence. He could come back and still be a franchise player or maybe a second command with LeBron to the Lakers. I don't. I honestly don't think they would care. I think they're just sitting. It. it, it there's another possibility of just Lakers are just sitting and waiting so they can offer Toronto a, a lot less than they offered the Spurs. Ultimately, that could happen, but we're just going to have to wait and see if that does happen. And that's kind of, unfortunately, what it's like to be a Toronto's Raptors fan right now we have to take this year as a gamble where once again the loyalty of being a Raptors fan is being put on the line because we're here waiting with our faith in everybody and we have a year to find out but with that being said you know there's something where um, of course the general manager is always important and whoever's running a team like you know Magic Johnson the Lakers you know now he's like the figurehead but I feel like with Masai in Toronto it's almost like a friendship that we had where it's like we trust this guy kind of like how the 76ers have the trust the process yeah. uh, initiative well, we had such a connection with this guy so uh, that leads us to the other half of this trade here with DeRozan where we have a loyal player that was speaking of the Lakers you know begged to come to the Lakers because he's from mm-hmm. he's from Compton I believe and he said you know what no I'm gonna gonna stay here but then we have Masai who fans loved because they're like thank you You, you're doing something to the north you're helping you are here we've got casey we've got these leads we've got drake as an ambassador to toronto's becoming a hot topic in the nba but um, after today doesn't it almost feel like you know you got punched in the face by your best friend in high school or something and it's like you can't (laughs) see that person the same way again what do you think because i i think that was a betrayal to both DeRozan and and to us fans, the fact that we were essentially both lied to. What do you both think? Yeah, I think there's uh there's definitely a, a neg a negative side to this, and that's yeah that you're, and, and I think you're you're finding this, and uh, I'm I'm definitely finding this with having to explain this trade to you know many of my friends is uh, the main thing coming out of this is how could you trade someone who was so loyal to the team, yeah. and you know I I threw it back to them, and I'm saying you know well. How were we really? I mean, okay, I, I will admit that yes, there were those uh, those rumors, or that that it said that he was promised during the uh, summer league Vegas in Vegas uh, just this past week that he would not get traded, and then you know he got traded. So there's there's that betrayal. Um, there's 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 nothing that I could say that would make that any less uh, you know of a of a negative look on our team. But I will say this is that we also put our faith in him you know we 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 paid him more than anyone else we we re-upped with him and you know the raptors did their due diligence too in terms of keeping him happy um you know he's he's the type of player who um as he was growing through our system he wasn't uh i i guess you could say he was not the ideal player that you'd want in today's nba but we worked with him we being their coaching staff and Look where he, how he's has how his game evolved, right? He could have continued being this mid-range jumping jump shooter. 
a la Kobe that mm-hmm. didn't quite fit in today's NBA, but you know, our coaching staff worked with him and made it work. And uh, you know, I at the end of the day, we I feel like both sides got uh, uh, great, great. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it was a great relationship, and both got a lot out of it. Um, it sucks how it ended, but I don't think that uh, that we did him um, completely wrong. I can't say we we you know were completely fair here but yeah it's uh i don't know i I don't know what that's that's kind of my my rambling thoughts and what do you guys think when you said that i remember very vividly when uh i think carter said you know it's it it sucks how it happened and it sucks how it ended and Mm. and i'm thinking who did it for for the carter trade who did it suck more for did it suck more for the organization the uh for Carter, for or uh-huh. the fan base, and then so now I'm thinking it in in this way. This feels honestly, this does feel like the Carter trade, but more there's obviously more optimism. But that feeling yeah. of it sucks the way it ended because we watched Demar. Well, I I mean I don't know about you guys, but I, yeah. I watched VC when I was a child, and I you know he he was humongous in in my eyes. But I grew up with Demar. You know, we mm-hmm. all kind of grew up with Demar, and seeing where yeah. he where he came from, and and look, seeing his story, and then him embracing Toronto, like it's a it's a really hard thing to do when watching somebody at least every two days, uh, seven eight you know eight months of the year for nine years, like you start to feel one with this team, and and especially with yeah. this player, so. When when Carter left, it was like, okay, what did we get back? We got four scrubs and a person who doesn't want to play with us. But, the fucking Williams brothers, right? Yeah, that. Oh my, gosh. my my goodness. <laughs> like, but for this one, we got arguably the top five player if he's healthy and if he wants to play and if he's engaged. So top three even. Top three yeah. even. Yeah, yeah, you know. So like it's thinking about the Vince Carter compared to this one, it feels different yet the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. It feels like uh, despite the way that management went about it, it was with the rebuilding of the team and the fans' best interests at heart. It just, what kind of hurts for me um, uh, with this whole Damar thing is, I don't know about, about you two, but I've got this lasting image in my head and I've had it literally the entire the entire day where mm-hmm. I know how DeMar DeRozan is, and I know that he's always fought tooth and nail to get better and be a part of the Raptors and just do his best. And what it, this image I've had in my head this entire day, uh, I don't know if uh, you, you both of you probably know what I'm talking about because we watched uh, the slaughtering that was in the playoffs with uh, the Cavaliers this mm-hmm. year. That was brutal. But the lasting image is when he's on the bench and he's like, he's puffing because he gave it his all. And he's defeated because Casey's not putting him on the floor and mm-hmm. knowing that that literally was his final time as a Raptor. And it's almost like he wanted to go in yeah. and he just never, ever did again. And that's, that's heartbreaking for me because he was it, like the, our star player and he got benched and he just never had that chance to show up again. And that, that kills me. I don't know. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot there to, to, to unpackage. Right. Cause what you're referring to was was game three actually, and that was you know when we we put together that incredible comeback, uh, yeah. only to lose at the buzzer, and to think that he had to sit on the bench for the entire fourth quarter while this amazing comeback happens. Uh, watching the team, it's almost like he's he it, definitely some foreshadowing there, right? It was like, oh crap, this is what the team looks like without me on the floor, right? And and Almost. that's not that's not even just. Uh, that can be blown up into a much bigger thing in terms of like, that was just game three we're talking about. But if we look at his playoff numbers over the last four years, I mean, he was a net negative every time he came. Uh, he was on the floor versus when he was off the court. So the Raptors always performed better. Uh, I, I hate using hyperbole. So let me say this, not always, but for the last four years, for the last four playoff year uh, postseasons, um, yeah, they've they've performed better when he's been off the court, um, and that's that's been the one consistent. Um, and knowing that that was his second last game, and then his last game, 
being ejected. That's right. a horrible. Right. That's a horrible yeah. last two games. And obviously, I, I I wouldn't want that to be how I'd how I'd end my career with a team, a franchise that I gave my whole heart to. But I mean, I think we were both, we were all saying it earlier. Is like watching him grow. I mean, that was just, um, yeah. That that's what makes this very very difficult to uh, to kind of comprehend and wrap our head around. Um, but yeah, I, I think in in going back to Jason's point about about this being similar to VC. Um, the, I think for me the difference is that um, the VC trade felt like um, it, it was it was it was a, we were the ones being fleeced, and we went through so many yeah. years, you know, the Babcock years, where we were just getting fleeced trade the after Babcock trade. Babcock years. Oh gosh, it's a dark time, man. Very oh. dark time. We we had to sit through all of that, and then now to have a general manager like Masai who is doing the fleecing, and I know we 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 brought up. We brought up Bargnani earlier, but let me say this. We can actually thank Bargnani a bit because if you remember Masai fleecing New York for that Bargnani deal, we got a pick, one of the many picks we got. That pick turned into Pirtle. Yeah. So you can essentially say that Bargnani kind of helped us get Kawhi. <laughs> I love the Bargnani, you <laughs> Bargnani trade tree, basically. <laughs> like Jay, how you were saying in game four when he got ejected it's funny uh thinking about that because i remember a lot of, of speculation that went in um when whenever because lebron james has gone into the final seven times each time he got eliminated <clears throat> i might I, i'm probably not correct on this but what i do remember is is seeing him take off his jersey. LeBron James, every time he got eliminated, he always yeah. took off his jersey. And uh, everyone speculated, as like, oh, is that the last time you see LeBron James wearing that jersey? Mm-hmm. And then when you saw DeMar DeRozan get ejected, I remember to him, I, it, it, am I correct that he took off his jersey? Because uh, he oh, was so, I don't remember. He was just so frustrated. If so, that's Actually, what that's, I, I may have, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was ejected, right? Yeah. I mean, that that would be the natural reaction on at any game, right? Exactly. If you get ejected, so I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I can't, I can't verify that. But yeah, so that, that if, sounds accurate to me. If I mean, I just have that image in my head, and if that's true, it's just funny how it works because all the speculations that go with LeBron taking off his jersey and thinking that's the last time you see him in a Cavs jersey or a Heat jersey, and then now you see Demar Derozan taking off his jersey, and you're just like, I. I can't believe that was the last time I saw him as a Raptor, you know? Yeah, that's that should not be the lasting image. Well, at least um, we do know that with the Spurs, he is most likely in great hands because first off, he's got Greg Popovich, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest coach out there right now and probably in the top three greatest coaches in NBA history. That's, that's just my yeah. opinion on that. So he's got a great coach in him. And if anybody can get rid of his playoff jinxes, it would be Popovich. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it's uh, for me, it's a bit of a an odd match because you've got probably, I, I believe, oh man, I can't remember exactly the stat, but it was something like uh, the, the number of, of mid-range jumpers by, by the Spurs is more than any other team in the league or something like that. Now you're adding DeRozan to that, so... I mean, they're definitely going against the grain here, right? While while, while everyone's kind of evolving to this spacing and uh, um, pace pace and space kind of mentality, uh, it kind of looks like. I mean, and, and also remember, Rudy Gay is on that team too. Rudy yeah. Gay is the, a third starter on that team. That's that's a whole lot of jump shots, mid range yeah. jump shots. So uh, I don't know. Pop Pop is in my eyes the greatest coach of all time. So he, I'm sure he'll work his magic. Uh, I mean, he was. Uh, the first one to start the whole, um, you know, the making the three-point shot, specifically the corner three, mm-hmm. um, a big arsenal, and you know, obviously the Golden State's kind of, you know, boosted that to to na- another level. But uh, he kind of started that trend when they won uh, a couple of their titles um, uh, about a decade ago. And uh, yeah, I, I know he'll find a way. He'll find a way to make. Uh, maybe he'll find a way to make this work. Maybe he's going to start a new trend. I don't know, but. Uh, Demar's in good hands, uh, not only with Pop, but like that, that fan base. I mean, that's yeah. Whew, I don't know. It's one that fan loyal, base is 
loyal fan base that's for sure but at right. the same time i feel like they've been a spoiled spoiled fan base because they've had a, <laughs> they've had such a fantastic team for god knows how long they have the best coach in in like you said in nba history and yep. they've had a dynasty with the uh, duncan ginobili and, and and park but i'm wondering with the two starters gone danny green and Kawhi, what is their starting lineup looking like actually well you got marcus aldridge let's not forget who's been uh, carrying the team on his back since uh, Kawhi's injury this last year. And I think, you know, he's he's had it hard, but, like, he he's shown his true colors to Marcus Aldridge. So I think in that aspect, they've got a great star in him. They've got DeMarcus uh, – DeMarcus – DeMar DeRozan. DeMarcus yeah. Cousins is not on this team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a discussion for another day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, who else we have on the Spurs right now? Because uh, Tony Parker, unfortunately, not that he was that's... starting, but – He's out now too. He's gone to Charlotte. I thought I thought the sight the sight of of Tony Parker in a Charlotte Hornet jersey that was is going weird. to be weird. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, it, that uh, De, Demar Derozan in a in a Spurs jersey is is equally that's that's also weird. True. That's very I don't know, but yeah, yeah. We, they've they've got. Uh, I mean, Parker's departure or gradual decline was was going to happen. So. Now they can fully hand uh, the point guard rings over to uh, Dejounte Murray, um, and yeah, I mean they they still got like a, a think about it this way, they didn't have Kawhi all last season. The markets uh, led the way, and also if you remember before last season, it was Lamarcus who was also very upset with how with the direction that the Spurs were going. He was not happy with his touches. He was not happy yeah. uh, playing for the Spurs, and and at that time, this time last year. That was very odd to hear. That was the first time we had heard any kind of turmoil associated with the Spurs. Um, so to have this happen for a second consecutive year is a little bit of a red flag. But but going back to Aldridge, uh, it's Popovich who kind of took him aside before, right before the season started, kind of set him straight, brought him back to the team uh, in terms of uh, from a mental standpoint. And I mean, look what they did, right? I mean, they got nine games out of Kawhi and still made the playoffs in that daunting West. Like seventh uh, seed or whatever, right? It, it, yeah, but, yeah. But if you remember too, like that was like what I think four through eight were all jumbled together anyway. So they yeah. could have yeah. easily have been a four. But I mean that's yeah. that's testament to, to Popovich. That's testament to what he can do uh with I mean, we are all struggling trying to name their starting lineup. And yet here he is, <laughs> you know, in the Western Conference and it, with with that squad and making it there, so at throwing in Demar into that, they'll make the playoffs again. And uh, who knows what will happen from there? Yeah, I mean that's that's exciting, and it's exciting for um, uh, whatever you was bringing this up earlier with the fans. So uh, if, yeah, if you had to pick like five of the top fan bases in all of the NBA, true uh, fan bases, like not bandwagoners, like. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, true. Thank you for clarifying that. True, true ones, because uh, Lord knows Cavaliers fan base is going down by seventy-five percent. But uh, <laughs> now we've got um, a top five loyal fans, and I'm like, you know, even including like the dynasty ones, because you know, a Lakers fan for life or a Boston fan for life. Mm-hmm. Toronto and and San Antonio fans have stuck with their teams through thick and thin. Like even this rough patch that San Antonio had last year, which for them is like a, a miraculously <laughs> for most other teams, but I digress uh, through thick and thin. And both sides are reacting very viscerally through um, uh, broken hearts, uh, angry emotions, but yeah. also yeah. a lot of us are welcoming our, our new leaders. So um, what does that say about both fan bases where, uh, not that I've noticed this yet, but nobody's exactly burnt her jersey yet. So what does that say about, about our fan bases <laughs> that, that's uh, involved in this deal? Yeah, it's funny. I haven't uh, – it's it's really weird. Uh, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years now. Uh, Raptors fan base are in a very weird spot of, you know, um, having a, uh, a competitor. And I'm not just talking about playoff contender. But I'm talking about, like, you know, a finals contender. We've yep. been we've had this kind of squad for the last couple of years, and the types of of things that that we as fans are are arguing over nowadays are are things that we would have dreamed about. I mean, these the kind of roster we have right now. I mean, someone like a like a Delon Ryder, Fred Van Vliet, we would have been happy as a starter 
not that long ago, right? So we are in a very uh, wonderful spot as a fan base because now it's like, you know, all the, the those first two decades as fans, it was like, you know, just disaster after disaster. Uh, you, you think about all of the old crappy lineups we had and all the the shitty coaches and teams we've had, and then here we are. We're, we're now we're getting a little spoiled, and, and you contrast that with the Spurs fan base. I, you know, it's funny you say like they've been through thick and thin. I don't know when's the last time. I mean, we're talking about the '80s, which is the last time they really were horrible. There was that yeah. one. There was that one short, uh, I think it was a strike short in season when uh, they went from, you know, top playoff contender to uh, in the lottery and they happen to win that lottery and get Duncan. I mean, mm-hmm. no one gets that lucky, right? No. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about two very loyal fan bases, but we're also talking about two fan bases that are uh, moving in opposite directions, right? The Spurs fans may have to start accepting the reality that, their team is in rebuild mode, right? So, and that's something that they're just not used to, right? Especially if you're a young fan who's known them to be a uh, finals contender every single year of your life. Like, if you're like under the age of like 20, let's say, all you've known is the Spurs making the playoffs like every single year of your life. Like, that's the exact opposite of Raptors fans. (laughs) Where it's like, we we used to never make the playoffs. (laughs) It was like a miracle when we did. It's like, we got knocked out in the first round by the Knicks. Uh... I'll take it. <laughs> but not? we won two games. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the days when it was out of five, like best of five, right? So, oh man, I think I think this also uh, we have to talk about expectations too. But when it comes to, I guess for each fan base, because I mean for the Spurs, being in the Western Conference, I feel like the expectation is always, you know, we'll make it to the playoffs and see what happens. For for us. I mean, like you guys said, it's always been. I mean, we had we had some dark ass times, guys, and and now that we've made it to the playoffs four consecutive years or five consecutive years, I think, and now it's more like I don't want to just make it to the playoffs. I want to make it to. We've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to make it to the finals. So, having that expectation is it is it has it heightened? Has it you know gone down because of Kawhi's uh, injury and his you know lack of attention? Or do you think do you think people are just you know, kind of angry now. I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the, the spot that we're in right now, it is, man, we're, we're definitely in uncharted territory, right? I mean, the last couple of years have been uh, building us up to this moment, really, to this season. Um, I know two years ago when, um, uh, was it two years ago, three years ago, when we, you know, Made it to Eastern Conference Finals. We had oh, that was actually uh, that was three years uh, ago. That's yeah. three, yeah, that's three postseasons ago. I remember thinking we, we oh, got shit, to the you're right. We got to the the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's like, holy shit, man! I remember at one point, you know, the, at, at, right after Game Four, after we had tied the series. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference, uh, I believe Golden State was down three to one in their series, and I was thinking, holy shit, man! We this is this might happen. But I also, there was a part of me that felt like we're, we're playing a little bit over our heads here. And then of course, you know, 10 Cleveland losses in the playoffs in a row later, it, it's obvious that that was our peak. Right. And so yep. this is, this was always going to be a, uh, a make or break off season or uh, for, for Masai and the rest of the front office. So uh, this is why I'm all on board with, with this move i mean on top of the fact that we i think we all agree that the raptors won the trade um i think it it's yeah. also uh, a, a direct uh, you know implication that they're they're, they're done with okay we're, we're done with this 50 wins and losing in the eastern conference semis maybe finals getting we're done swept with this. by the way yeah not even being contenders but i, I think uh, a point that um a lot of people are trying to make is LeBron James was the reason why we were getting swept because let's be honest here, the Cavs love them or hate them. They're not, I don't even know if they're going to even make the playoffs. They might not. Next year. Yeah. Honesty, but that's what I'm saying. So he's out of the East. We have that opportunity to now 
make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or even the finals if we were to compete with uh, Boston, which now I think with Kawhi, we could compete with Boston before we couldn't. But I think the point that most people had and why they were so heartbroken is we could have done that with the team that we followed along with, like the DeRozan and the Lowry and the OG and the Valanciunas, you know, like the GoDaddy team, you know, like we could have made it to the finals with this team now that LeBron's out of here. But I'm with you. I think that if it wasn't in the Eastern Conference finals, it would have been in the finals. And look at Cleveland. They got swept in the finals. I mean, that's arguably even more embarrassing. I know it's against Golden State. But, you know, if we had to compete with a a healthy Gordon Hayward, a healthy Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving, you know, you've got Tatum, you've got – Oh, no, they lost Marcus Smart. I forgot. No, they're not contenders anymore, Boston. But, you know, like, Boston's crazy. Like, nobody's going to beat them this year, jokes aside. And now I think, honestly, we can compete. I don't think uh, Washington can compete. I don't think Milwaukee could compete either because there was that speculation that um, Yanni Antetokounmpo was going to come to Toronto. I remember that happening. I don't Mm -hmm. think they can compete. Nobody in the East can compete with... Boston now, except for a Toronto Raptors with a healthy Kawhi Leonard who wants to play. And I hope fans see that because we would have been stifled either way if we were getting stifled already. Like, what do you think, Jason? See, this is my thing about listening to people talk about Kawhi, and I've, I'm the victim to it too, about him being healthy. I think he's yeah. healthy. I think he's fine. I think he's, oh, he's fine now. Yeah. I think he's, <clears throat> I think he's down to play. I think he could have played last, you know, last season if he really wanted to. Um, but the thing is, I think that mentally is much more daunting than it when it's when it's physical. I mean, he's he's an athlete. He's a professional athlete, and you have doctors around the clock helping you and fixing you uh, for whatever means necessary. But no one can really help you with that mental aspect of the game. So it's not more of him being healthy physically it's more of him being engaged with playing uh in a completely different world with completely different teammates and and a coaching staff and it's this is new to him but i do think that the mental hurdle of being in a different place and being in his position i think that's the biggest obstacle for us raptors fans to kind of get over yeah and adding to to what was said earlier about um, you know, with LeBron leaving and, and Boston being kind of the the team that would take take uh take the mantle here as the team to beat. I mean, let's also not forget that that Philly is is, is definitely on the rise. Um, I have my my hesitations about um, uh, Simmons and and Embiid only because uh, they're they're still young. I mean, they they definitely proved that they could they could play. Um, I, I think Boston would get past them, but if we were to run this team back, and I think this is this is the main driving point behind the decisions around today, is that um, if 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 the fan base is happy with you know fifty win seasons and losing in the Eastern Conference semis, but keeping our quote unquote loyal, loyal like staying loyal to our guys, then by all means keep doing that. But that's we we we've had you know four or five seasons of that now. So now now it's Okay, let's take that next step, right? Uh, you know, again, it sucks that he's gone. It sucks that DeRozan's gone. But at the same time, this is our best chance. This is our best chance to um, get a finals contender in there. Um, you know, with with Philly still kind of learning, they're they're still getting their playoff reps in. You know, mm-hmm. and and Boston, this is their their first full season with with Hayward, and honestly, Kyrie is is an injury risk almost every game. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that as a biased Raptors fan. I'm saying that as, uh, you know, someone who has read up on his his injury reports and and what kind of state he is in. So uh, it, the door is wide open. So why why risk that with the exact same squad when you can improve that squad? So I think that was another driving factor behind uh, today's decision, and that's why I think that you know we. I, and it's weird that this is the third consecutive year I'm saying this, but this is it. Like this is the, this is it. It's either you know boom or bust right now for for the Raptors. And it's weird that we've had so many opportunities and they keep getting squandered. So hopefully, like with such a drastic change, Casey's out, DeRozan's out, we've got Kawhi. Hopefully, like this 
actually is it because if not we're going into rebuild mode we're not going to be like bottom of the barrel but we might be like eight seed at best you know so like mm -hmm. this is our time to shine mm -hmm. yeah and don't forget i mean damar and kyle and i think serge they all had only two more years left with their contract and to be honest yes, I, don't, exactly. I don't think that they were going to re-up them so this impending doom of rebuilding it was going to happen anyways so you might as well you know uh being a damar fan I I love him as a player and I love him as a person, and but the the fact that the fact that the matter is is now that he's gone it clears up an immense amount of cap space, and mm -hmm. with Lowry Lowry's almost up Serge is almost up and and if we wanted to re up Kawhi but if he doesn't we have a lot of money to play with in in one yeah. or two years yeah I mean just just to add a little bit of clarity to this like it it's not like the Raptors are going to be a huge player uh in the next off season. Um, I, I believe that even if we were to hypothetically lose Kawhi, um, that I believe the Raptors would still be over the cap. So it's not like we can be a player next summer. But having yeah. said that, uh, two summers from now, um, that's when you know Lowry's off the books, Ibaka's off the books. So we start to rid ourselves of these uh, larger contracts that could be weighing us down. And and it's funny because the word rebuild immediately has this negative connotation to it but i think that it's because rebuild also uh, somewhere along the way people hear rebuild and they think tanking mm -hmm. uh and that's not what we're saying here that's not what the raptors are going to do because the 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 un, the added benefit of how this trade worked out is that all of our young core minus Pirtle, of course but our entire young core is still intact um and so when it comes time to you know lose lowry or ibaka or, or get jv off the books or get or even lose Kawhi, we've got a young core that's already you know gelling and uh by the time that that time comes these guys will be ready uh and it's 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 cyclical right i mean we we are creating a a culture of winning so uh, yeah, it's it's it just continues to add to my uh, you know my excitement for for what what this season can bring. So the trust in Masai is still there. Absolutely, <laughs> it never faltered. I, I uh, you know was. okay no I'm lying I'm lying I'm lying I I was saying earlier how like you know we got worried at four thirty this morning that the trade happened, but between then and nine o'clock yeah some slight doubt it was like oh no don't. Don't give up on OG. Don't give up on Siakam. So, yeah, it 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 slight slightly faltered today, but yeah, he he brought it back and said, yeah, no, no, we got, I got us, I got us. Part of the sign of a of a good GM is being a risk taker. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Idiotic one. Like we were talking about Babcock and like, oh yeah, that's the best thing we could do to a, a whining Vince Carter is to yeah. bring scrubs from the New Jersey. Like, no, I mean. Or like formerly uh, known as New Jersey Nets, now Brooklyn Nets, of course. Mm. Um, that that's not being a risk taker. That's being a, a guy who gives up and says, "Okay, fine, I'll pass you off to the first team that wants you." Um, with this, this is this is a bold, bold move, and it could pay off now, or it could pay off in the long run. So I think even though everybody's have having emotional passionate reactions to this people have to take a step back and look at both games being played here the short game and the long game almost yep. ironically like basketball the, the layup is Kawhi plays for us we have a shot at it in a year uh, and if not he he leaves and that's that so which that extends to the to the mid-range jump shot where you know we have that weird year where we have a few people who are taking up our, our calorie, our, our salary, not our calories, our salary <laughs> cap, um, and uh, our expensive, uh, a.k.a. Kyle Lowry, mostly. And the year afterwards, which is the three-point jump shot, boom, there it is. We've got this team rebuilt. We've got this core team with all these young players, probably still the best bench in the NBA, uh, coming up to the forefront potentially. So while this is a daunting move, I don't think there's an absolute loss here. I think each negative can lead to a positive. I really do think so. I don't think this is a complete and utter failure of, of a decision.
Yeah, it was. Uh, if you if you guys remember what what your feelings were, or what generally Raptors fans around the globe felt uh, in May, you know, when we got swept again, um, even yeah. after we lost that game one, I mean, there was this 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 dread that kind of hung over us, and you know, when when Cleveland kind of finished us off, it was like, you know, you're you're just kind of left empty, right? It was like crap we 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 this was supposed to be our year right cleveland was a team in turmoil we had the number one seed we had the best team this was supposed to be our year and so then it was it was a whole bunch of questions from raptors fans like what can we do how can we get better and here comes Masai. Kawhi basically falls in his lap a top three player we're talking about and this was we this, he was in the best player in the nba conversation just a year ago like just a year ago and he falls into our lap yes we lost to rosen who we all you know obviously love but this is what we were what fans were asking for in may and to hear and maybe i'm speaking you know just from my own personal experience but to hear so much uh, negativity towards this trade it, it baffles me because this is what you as the fans were asking for and now you've got it so what else I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too you know we can't get Kawhi without having to give up something and the fact that it was again only DeRozan it's yeah. it's a huge win for the franchise because when I was going through hypotheticals in my head uh, a few months ago because again Yanni Antetokounmpo from the Bucks was supposed to was like hypothetically making his way over. There was a lot of rumors about that. And I don't know about you, but in my head, I was like, okay, what are we going to lose here? I'm uh-huh. going to guess maybe Lowry and Valanchunas because that's our center position. And, yep. you know, we need to trade value here. So that's a, that's a, an all-star and our center. So I was thinking like that. And I love, I love Antetokounmpo. I think he's in the discussion for like the top five in the NBA right now. Not quite up there with LeBron, with leonard with durant but close and could easily overtake them in a few years but not quite there yet but here comes somebody who's even better yeah and as you said we traded less so like as you said we we're gonna have to make you're not gonna get this isn't this isn't golden state where you have demarcus cousins and i'm saying this as a golden state fan i've been a fan since the mid-2000s when they had like you know baron davis and all of that yeah that jazz but um this isn't the DeMarcus Cousins trade where the guy said, hey, I want to join your team. I want to be your center. We can't afford you. Fuck it. I'll go for two pennies if I need to. And then they get him. This isn't yeah. that. We were going to lose a lot in this trade. And we actually lost as little as possible if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just to kind of complete that that point in terms of uh, the kind of person that Kawhi is and the, the, the fact that we were able to get him, this is not the kind of guy – uh, who signs with the Raptors? Let alone uh, be happy that he's traded to the Raptors. That's a good so, point. yeah, yeah, we we're we're never the Raptors will never, at least not until this point, and who knows in the foreseeable future, will never get a top five talent like this unless a he's drafted. Which again, we're not going to be getting any lottery picks or at least for the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, there's that stigma of playing in Canada and the taxes and the cold and uh, and all this. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, if if there's an opportunity to get, you go get right. Uh, I asked so many people today, who again were were fairly negative about the trade. I'm like, well, what if I told you um, that the Raptors traded DeRozan for uh, Kevin Durant? What would you say? Everyone was happy about that. I said, what if I said LeBron? I said, of course. Of course I'll be happy with that. I'm like, why is Leonard that much different? He's the exact same. It's just this whole stigma around him sitting out for a year. Yeah. He's the exact same player. If not, I'd argue he's possibly even better than Durant. He just hasn't had the opportunity to show it, I guess, with the, the year sitting out and because he wasn't on Golden State. I think yeah. that's just the argument that, that all the Raptors fans have now, and that's the only argument is because – Damar was completely and utterly loyal to Toronto, and then you have and you traded it for a guy who was willing to sit out the entire year unless he got his wish. Yeah. So 
yes, yeah. that is a compelling issue, and that's something that will degrade his chances of wanting to play anywhere else besides LA. But at the same time, mm-hmm. if you really think about it, you know, numbers to numbers, we got the better deal. And to to think about it uh, a little bit after the initial reaction and getting over that shock of, you know what, DeMar is going to be in gray or black, and that's going to be weird as hell. But we did get Kawhi. And thinking about if if we were, like, Jan Andres, when we were watching game four and we saw him getting ejected, or even game three, watching him sit on that bench, and then someone came over to you and said, hey, do you, what if I gave you... Kawhi, even for a year for DeMar right now, would you take it? I would say hell yeah. And I think you guys would too. So In a heartbeat, yeah. Yeah, because that uh, getting swept, and I, I don't know about you guys, I am so sick to get death of the whole Toronto Barneys, uh, we the suck or we the choke, DeMar DeFrozen, like I, I, I got really, really tired of all that, but part of putting that to rest is to do a dynamic team change because this right here is the team that these people are mocking all across NBA social media boards. It's this literal team. So we had to, we had to do something. So look, when that season ended and Dwayne Casey coach of the year, unanimous coach of the year, even though I love Casey, I think it should have gone to Brad Stevens. Nonetheless, he was voted coach of the year, still fired. That said a lot because I was like, okay, shit, we are going through some changes. And I could guarantee at this point, having talked with both of you, we all already speculated DeRozan was likely going to leave about Lowry. I'm, I'm right. Like that was yeah. going through all of our heads. Like that was not a surprise. Perhaps the way that it happened was a surprise, but we knew one of the two were going and that bromance was, was going to be broken up. That's the least of a team's worries. I mean, that's an extra bonus but we're looking for, you know, a team that wins or, you know, has a chance. But um, now that it's happened, and it's been a number of hours, it's been, you know, since this morning. You said four in the morning, so it's almost been 24 hours if you add an additional however many. Yeah. It's a reality. Yeah. And and when, I mean, there's a couple of of thoughts around this. It's it's that... uh, if we look at, and you're right, we're still within the first 24 hours of this actually happening, right? It's going to take some time to settle in, but think about, I mean, it's, I'm, one of the many things I'm excited about is thinking about what is going to happen, let's say around May of, uh, of next year, when Kawhi is leading us to some sort of playoff victory and people start reminding themselves, you know what? And I'm not going to shit on him, but please just hear me out. At this time last year, DeRozan probably doesn't make that steal. DeRozan probably doesn't have that defensive stop. And here comes Kawhi saving our asses on defense. So it's that kind of stuff that I'm looking forward to as, as well as the regular season. But uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to see, to, to get this kind of player at this time. And I'm going to, I'd, I'd like to, make one more final uh uh, i guess um, uh, i don't know what i'm looking for here but one more thing that that really solidifies what this trade means to us if you look at all of the nba champions all of them in the history of the nba except for maybe the 04 pistons each of them had a top five talent each of them and we've got one now Right? We didn't have one before. I mean, DeRozan and Lauer were up there, but they weren't top five. And we've got one now. So that puts us in the discussion at the very least. I guess I guess we can probably tie a bow on this one, guys. As our first episode, this is one hell of a subject to talk about. <laughs> no, and it's, it, it's, it's a, a, and in terms of ending this off on a very positive note, um, you know, just, uh, just on SportsCenter, uh, Brian Windhorst was just reporting that Kawhi is warming up to playing in Toronto. So all of that angst we felt this morning, which you know, we're, we're, we're naturally going to feel as a uh, quote-unquote tortured fan base. We're naturally going to go to the negative and think that, you know, this is, he doesn't want to play here. What's going to happen? Within, again, we're still within this first 24-hour cycle. We're already hearing, again, reputable reporter and Brian Windhorst. He was one of the first ones to... 
uh, talk about the trade as a possibility. He was the first one to talk about the Raptors as as, as leading uh, candidate to get the Spurs, and now he is here on SportsCenter saying that you know the, the that Leonard's already warming up to playing here. He's going to be professional about it, I believe, with the the exact words. So uh, it's a start. It's better than I have no desire to play there. So again, this is this keeps this is going to continue getting better day by day. Well, speaking of a great start, um, hopefully this progresses. And uh, to wrap things up, you could actually, uh, speaking of the word rap, you can find us on Twitter at That's A Rap Pod. That's uh, the at symbol, That's A Rap Pod for uh, That's A Rap Podcast. I'm Andreas Fabiolakis, and with me I have... Jay Rosales. And Jay Lung. Talk to you guys next time. Awesome show, guys. And that's a wrap. <laughs>